0: Hey everybody! What's going on? Welcome to episode thirty-one of the I Brew My Own Coffee podcast. We're the podcast for people who care about coffee, and I'm your host Brian Sheely. Joining me today, as always, my good buddy, the Prince of Pies, the Master of the Macaroon, Mister Brian Bikey. Hello, Brian. Salutations, Brian. That was a uh, that was a fairly exciting uh, pie slash macaroon post earlier today.
1: Yes, I'm. We're huge advocates of enjoy macaroons here in town, and it's Lilia's favorite place to go, and there's a pie place that we see all over town, people talking about it, our friends talk about it, but it's one of those places that will shut down early if they run out of pie, if you have a place that does that with maybe donuts or anything else, Mm -hmm. and we've never been. So yesterday, we've been off this week, so I was wanting to go down and get coffee at Davis Street Espresso and get some of the champagne macaroons, and... We thought, hey, let's see if the pie place is open, and it was, and it's awesome. Kristen yeah, says that her apple pie wasn't necessarily, you know, to die for, but the buttermilk one that I had with the chai spice had just the perfect amount of that chai spice. I kind of wish I had a chai latte or something to go with it. Mm. Sounds, sounds like fun. Mm.
0: What? Uh, so we're getting off the holidays here. Well, I guess you know, New Year's is still coming up. But what? Uh, what would you say is your favorite? pie flavor
1: uh chess pie generally mm. and they had one there that was kind of mixed it says ch- chess pie with cranberry and i was worried it would have been a little too tart i i so i didn't go for it but i'm a i'm a chess fi chess pie fan i'm a yeah, pecan pie
0: fan yeah those are fairly it sounds like those are pretty regional i've never actually heard of one until we talked about it on one of the last episodes right but what about um, you?
1: Did you well or or did you have did you have pie or dessert of us uh, Actually,
0: sort? well, uh, from our from Instagram obviously, we made donuts, so that was that was our dessert of choice or you know, pastry of choice. Mm-hmm. But uh, we've got this place in town just it's like just far enough away to where it's challenging to drive there on a regular basis, which is probably good. Um but it's <laughs> it's called Rock Springs Cafe and they have like hands down some of the best pecan pie I've ever had mm. and they also it's it's hard because they also have a really good like mixed berry crumble pie and like tons of other amazing flavors but I'm a I'm a sucker for a good pecan pie you know and, and pumpkin too depending on the pumpkin so
1: I think strudels uh, pie anything like that I don't feel like I eat enough of we yeah. certainly don't make enough of or bake enough of but I think it's probably probably the best dessert out there you know good oh pie
0: yeah normally this part in the show we talk about what we've been brewing but uh, we actually figured we're gonna take that uh and fold it into the rest of the episode this time um we are talking about 2015 it's a really big topic especially since you know 365 days of the year probably every day of the year we were drinking coffee almost every day maybe right um this is a lot of stuff to talk about, and uh, we're going to talk kind of about some of the things that we've been enjoying um, throughout the course of the episode. Most of the interesting part of this episode, though, I think is going to come in your comments. So if you're listening to this episode, hopefully you have had a great year in coffee, and uh, we'd love to hear your feedback. Yeah, basically
1: this entire podcast is open season on interaction Yep, back with us about what what it was for you, you know, whether it be a favorite new roaster or a favorite new region or things that you were hoping to accomplish this year, things that you want to accomplish next year, any of that stuff.
0: What, uh, did you have any sort of goals going into 2015? I, I know I had a few goals going into 2015, but what did you sort of try to accomplish with coffee over this year?
1: I think there were two things mainly. I'm trying to go back and look through my top coffees of 2015 post that I made last year. But two things I know I wanted to do, one of which I know I succeeded at. The other one, I feel like I kind of was was chipping away at it, but I might continue more. So the first one was that I wanted to try more coffees from other countries. So last year, a lot of the coffees I had were U.S. roasted. Mm-hmm. And I think I tried 20 different coffees outside of the U.S., and I found a lot of the roasting profiles intriguing, and I guess that was coming towards the end of the year because to me twenty doesn't doesn't sound like a whole lot. And I so I think one of my goals was to try more this year. So all of 2015 I've had Cafe Box, and then mm-hmm. I've had other coffees come in from new roasters too. So yep. I've tried definitely my hand at more of those. Now w- with that, I think I have found what a lot of people were had noticed also i was finding the profiles very intriguing very clean very enjoyable while others you know their comment would be that sometimes they roast too light right uh and i and i didn't find that and i think trying more of those this year i did run into more coffees that fit that as well so there's Mm -hmm. kind of that the balance right the more i tried the more i realized that was actually a thing right? right and i was running into it more often but there are also a lot of good ones. So that was the first resolution that I had in 2015. The second one was that I spent a lot of time in 2014 looking at coffees from Ethiopia. And in that, in writing all the reviews and stuff, or the write-ups on my site, I realized that it wasn't just one profile that, that spoke to all of Ethiopia. There are different regions, and some would be a little more floral, some would be a little more citrus, or some would be more tropical and interesting, that it just wasn't one-size-fits-all. Mm-hmm. And I found that really interesting to just feel out Ethiopia for that. And I had challenged myself to try that with a different place, or at least I wanted to find a new place that I could explore like that. Right. And I tried more from Kenya, but that, I don't think that was what my goal was. But it was around mid-year when I started finding coffees from Honduras that I wanted to try more of those. So not to the extent that I had Ethiopians, in 2014, but I, there definitely have been some regions that I've had a lot more coffees from while I've been trying to explore those a little bit this
0: year. So, yeah, I was on sort of the more generic boat than you in, in terms of, uh, not getting international coffees necessarily, but my goal for 2015, uh, right at the early part of the year was I wanted to try a large number of new roasters that I'd never actually had experience with before. Cause I feel like most of the time in 2014, I was kind of focusing on the same roasters. A lot of the times I wanted to get more exposure to a variety of different roasters. And I definitely feel like I did that. Um, a lot of roasters that I'd never had, you know, never had before, never heard of before. So that was definitely something that, that I think I did pretty well at. And the other thing that I definitely succeeded at was keeping up with my coffee tracking and my spreadsheet. And really one of the things that I wanted to do was just document each bag that I got when I got it in. And that was kind of a big deal for me because I had been collecting the actual bags for the longest time. Right. (laughs) I had this huge stack of bags and it was just, it was not sustainable. Like I didn't have enough space to store all that stuff. So, I wanted every bag that I got I wanted to make sure I had a photo of it, you know nice and pretty before I started ripping it open and uh so I did that and made sure i I tracked everything and catalogued all my all my brewing throughout twenty fifteen so that something that i I definitely was am pretty happy that I started early early on so that now I can look back and see a record of all the stuff that i've I've brewed up and remember it and remember my thoughts and remember how I brewed it and everything else it's interesting because
1: we have this podcast, but I don't think you or I feel like we have any sort of authority to speak on any certain matter. Uh, And I I say that because I think that you and I are still exploring and feeling out things, you know, and last year in 2014, I, I found out a lot of really interesting things about coffee, about myself, about brewing, just kind of discovered a lot in 2014. And I, I, pretty sure I thought that I was just going to slow down and take a step back in this year. And that wasn't really the case. So it's it's interesting because this is a year that's just also exploded with exploring. You know, there's yeah. been a lot of discovery, um, a lot more discovery of different coffees. And then I've kind of further honed in. Well, that's not even true. I want to say that I've further honed in what I like, but in finding other places... Other regions, other coffees, whatever, sometimes I feel like I'm almost back at the draw- at the at the starting line, right, and
0: yeah. that I don't really know what I like, you know and and that's kind of exciting though at the same time, yeah, yeah, I mean you kinda know what to expect from certain regions or you kinda know going in like generally what you what you think about certain processing or or certain regions or whatever right, but then. I've found that a lot of a lot of coffees or a lot of regions or you know a lot of times that I've brewed up coffee has just been not mind-blowing necessarily but you know preconceptions or ideas that I had about what I thought was great totally changed uh, uh, you know upon brewing certain coffees this year.
1: So, yeah, let's let's break this down further. You know, let's sure. talk about some surprises. Let's talk about expectations that that came up this year.
0: I was actually not expecting to enjoy as many blends this year as I did. Which is kind of weird. I don't know. Maybe that's just on the on the bottom end of the the whole totem pole. But you know, I everybody talks about single origin coffees and loving single origin coffees. But you know, I'm looking through my my top 100 coffees that I've sort of had over this year, and there's a good handful of blends on here.
1: Yeah, I definitely have some espresso components that will be on on my list as well. Yeah, which I don't think I had last year. Not much. Right. Now I can't I can't speak for those, you know, in a filter setting, but right. you know, that's kind of a new thing too. You know, an espresso prepared drink, you know, in, in being that exclusive mm-hmm. places on a list, you know, differently than a filter coffee, and it's a, a blend component, you know, blended of a couple of different coffees.
0: I, I guess I expected a little bit more of an explosive sort of revelation coming from like ordering coffees uh from across the the world. But you know, I've I've enjoyed as many, if not more, coffees here in the U.S. than I than I had you know Scandinavia or anywhere else that I've had. Right. I've had some great international coffees. Don't get me wrong. But I, you know, by and large, I think a large majority of my list ends up being U.S. roasters. So right. I kind of like yourself. I you know I I tried to branch out as much as I could and maybe go experience roasters from from across the world. But man, I, U.S. roasters are still doing. Amazing.
1: And I don't know what it it could be a number of things. It could be, uh, foreign countries roasting a little bit more developed. It could be U S roasters roasting lighter. It could be becoming numb to it because of how, you know, how many coffees I had, but there were a lot of coffees from other countries that they didn't have the same clean. Well, it's a clean herbal quality to it. Mm -hmm. Right. Which some people will just say is grassy, but, uh, but I'm not talking necessarily about a super light grassy quality. I'm just talking about uh I guess I am. I don't know. Yeah. There But what I'm saying is there I didn't have that quality that made me think, oh, this is a Scandinavian roost.
0: Sure. Even
1: from a lot of the Scandinavian countries, as much as I did in the twenty different coffees I had in 2014. Hmm. Now, again, that could be because, you know, like I said, I had more of those coffees this year. But a lot of times if there was a coffee from you know, let's say a Kenya and then I had a Kenya from a roaster in the U S they'd be really similar coffees. You know, they, they taste, they taste really similar and I I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to compare one to just a significantly lighter, pristine roast of it or whatever, but the blends, like you said too, that's, that's why I love this time of year, you know, regardless of it being a quote unquote holiday blend or a Christmas blend, Mm -hmm. several coffees that were on my list last year were blends that showed up this year. And there's a couple that are going to be this year as well.
0: And and you mentioned blends, you know, mostly getting targeted toward espresso, um, which I do. I mean, uh, frequently in my list, I had blends down for espresso. But I've had a few recently that have just been amazing as Filter. Even like Chromatics Voyager blend that they had, and I think they might even still have. I recently had one from Passion House, the their winter lewd yeah I want to try blend that still on filter and that was just outstanding Red Rooster's holiday blend kind of mm. you know that that's been a a gem sort of over the over the holidays but yeah like you say a lot of these you know blends end up go- going toward espresso but even blends for for filter have been sort of surprising to me right but I don't know so what about you for for what were you expecting to see or experience in twenty fifteen. I don't know that I expected
1: much of anything except I think you and I both expected when the Ethiopian crop would arrive that we would have. Now, let me set this up. The reason why, and in, in this, it's it's important to, to bring up in this conversation because two coffees that were my absolute favorite, three three coffees really that have been my favorite this year were two of them were from Heart Roasters. One yeah. was their Japot, and one was their Chirangi. Mm. Both of which they have on their menu now, but their new crop. Yep. Now these were previous crop, but they were in the beginning of 2015, yep. and I think coming off of that, you and I thought, man, maybe the net, maybe the new crop. If that's if that's the very end of old crop, then maybe new crop has to be amazing because yep. that's what that's normally what the the hype is, right? Is that the next crop is the is going to be fresher and more alive, and so and then also the third one being. Spotty cows, the Kimwanji pea berry. Mm-hmm. So the, these 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 African coffees were just really jumping, yeah. And they were old crops. So I I think I was expecting Kenya and Ethiopia to have a, again very explosive, incredibly complex coffees. And there are some coffees from Ethiopia and Kenya that are on that will that will be on my end of the year list that are 2015 crop, but I don't know that a lot of them will be higher than those coffees. Yeah. So that that I think was a little bit – I had that expectation. But then what surprised me was when I started drinking coffees from Honduras, Nicaragua, Ecuador, Mm -hmm. there were some coffees that had uh, – I'm sorry, Colombia as well. In the beginning of the year, I had a coffee from Colombia that I still think about almost daily. (laughs) <laughs> from Blue Copper, and Ooh. so it's going to be on my list too. So there, have, there have been some coffees though that ha- from regions that I don't think about having these breathtaking coffees. Yeah. That uh, Burundi, I had a coffee from Rwanda this year that was insane. But I, but I think I had more enjoyable ones last year. I didn't run into a lot of potato defect stuff last I year. My, I
0: hit my first potato defect but I this year. Did this year?
1: Yeah, yeah. Which is interesting because I, I heard some people say too that this year was better, mm-hmm. but. Um, I didn't run into that as much. And and hopefully next year, even better. But an awesome coffee from Peru, Mexico. That's just a preliminary, just a couple of the places that which is probably dumb to even have gone through. Some people are like, OK, those are all the coffee
0: growing regions. There you go. Well,
1: anyway, never
0: mind. So, yeah. And, and in this whole conversation, I think it's important to note that, like Brian said, I mean, you know, we've had a lot of coffees. We've brewed a lot of coffees from a lot of different roasters across the U S and across the world this year, but yeah, we're still learning every day. And, you know, I, I think, you know, somebody who's listening to this podcast, who might be a seasoned professional, listen, you know, who drinks coffee all the time from all over the place, you know, they be, they may just be like, yeah, duh, obviously, you know, but you know, it, it is kind of a, an exploratory exercise that you, that we kind of get to go through. And so, yeah, I mean, expecting certain things out of out of African coffees, but then being surprised by what we see in other countries. Maybe that's expected. But right. And hopefully, hopefully that comes across
1: in the podcast, too. You know, Alex did a great job before we jumped on. And so we we try and balance between having people on and talk about topics and then us tackling topics. But then also kind of like this one is is just kind of inner workings of two people who just are really enthusiastic about coffee, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, and that's kind of why I said that preface earlier about, you know, we don't really think we're any specific authority. You know, this is just kind of, it's just kind of neat to talk about, yeah. you know, what coffees we have had and had experience of and had some really great cups of.
0: Did you expect a lot from uh, Geishas this year based on some oh, of the, because yeah, your, your, your mm-hmm. top coffee last year was the Verve, green tip geisha right so so this this is an
1: interesting thing to talk about so uh kind of like the the nordic thing and this just shows you these are two top two two different topics that show you just kind of how how um new i still am how bambi-eyed i still am to (laughs) a lot of things in specialty coffee right so uh, my experience with scandinavian coffee was that no man like these aren't underdeveloped these taste Awesome in comparison, right? Mm -hmm. And as I'm, you know, trying more, I'm realizing, okay, I see, I see where you guys who are, who have experienced more than I, you know, have run into this. Now, the geisha varietal is interesting because I've had, I had uh, several last year. And to me, a lot of the ones that I had were really great coffees. You know, they had characteristics of, Everything that I like in coffee and to the, you know, to the furthest degree, you know, some really intense flavors and incredible complexity. So whenever an offering came up this year, you know, a lot of times it was hard for me to pass on. I wanted to see what it was about. Mm. And more often than not this year, it was disappointing. It was not and and I, I say disappointing in the sense that a lot of them, they just had a a taste like they were tired already, right? So it just seemed like some of the flavors were muted, were dull, or if you want to think in the sense of in flavor. So imagine if you had your something could taste like fresh fruit and it tasted like, you know, it's kind of old fruit. Yeah. So that was kind of interesting to me because to me, I was this ad I don't want to say advocate. I didn't necessarily throw geisha around, but I didn't necessarily believe that geisha was just hype. Right on this hype train of, oh man, yeah, it's worth every penny, you know, that mm-hmm. you could charge for it. There are a lot of people who say, you know, it's it's super overpriced. It's just this hype that's going on in specialty coffee. So this year was the first time that I got a chance to try some and and realize that there are stinkers. Yeah. You know, and that a, a really good geisha just really kind of stops you and you're like, Man, that's really, really lovely. But you can run into coffees that, yeah, I mean, in comparison, They don't jump, but I mean, they're good coffee, but I wouldn't, I would not want to suggest telling somebody, Hey, yeah, spend $75 on six or eight ounces of this,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know, so that was kind of a shocker, but at the same time, I I think it's probably realistic. It seems,
0: it seems really similar to the whole Ethiopia investigation of 2014, right? You know, you, you build this profile up in your mind you kind of get a real good understanding of of the fact that you like it and then the more you explore it the more you see that maybe you know maybe it doesn't deserve to be on the pedestal that you put it on well and although it is although it is still great in in you know at its best it can be some of the better coffee out there
1: well and at the same time like you have to think about things too in terms of well, am I just being too, con, con, you know, consumer driven, right? To be, you sure. know, it needs to meet what I want and every quality of it, or it's <laughs> terrible and I turn my nose to it. Yeah. Um. Or, you know, it's, it it is interesting that, you know, that coffee is a crop and it's seasonal and there are a lot of things on the ground that can contribute to, you know, how a coffee turns out before it gets to the hands of a roaster to roast it, before it gets to my hands to brew it. And those hands that I'm mentioning can also screw it up, right? So it's it, it's also kind of bad for me to have expectations like that, right? To right. just assume that – I can't necessarily say that what Pierre – is in his homeland is doing is bad because I don't like a cup. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. In comparison to all this, like that's well, you, not, you just can't, either.
0: you can't form absolute opinions about anything. Right. And, given the fact that everything is, is subject to change.
1: But you know, what's kind of neat about it. You know, it's like going to, it's like seeing a band play on a specific album tour. Right. Right. Cause later if they release more music, their set list is going to change. So they're not going to play the same thing. They're going to have, you know, Everything, there's, there's seasons. That's and, an um, interesting comparison. And it's really, but in, as I've gotten older, that's been one of those things that kind of is always on my mind. There are a lot of things that I've missed and I haven't gone to a billion concerts, but there are some concerts that I'm like, man, I remember seeing them on that tour. Yeah. And, and no one will ever have that experience again, except for the people who, who caught that, right? Yep. That's kind of the same way that we have here. And that's why it's interesting to kind of wrap some of these up is just to see, hey, what what was it, some of the my favorite moments? Because you could either try and revisit them the following year, or just to reflect. You know, here we are at the end of the year. You know, mm-hmm. what was the what were the best things of 2015? Because we're going to go into a new season. There's going to be new stuff, and not that things are going to be better tasting or worse tasting. It it doesn't matter. There's just. There are moments, and these are cups that we had. There are memories that we shared over those cups. Mm -hmm. There are people that we hung out with. Like there's times that happen over cups, and those make moments and all that stuff special.
0: Yeah, we obviously experienced a lot of different roasters, and that was one of my goals for 2015 was to try different roasters, get experience with new roasters around the U.S. and around the world. Um, Give me like maybe three roasters that were new to you in 2015. Not necessarily new roasters, but three roasters that were new to you in 2015 um, that you thought were notable or exceptional.
1: My buddy Ryan is from New Zealand, and so they're a local roaster to him that he is kind of – I I call him my coffee spirit, right? He's, he's a guy that if we were close enough, I would want to do everything with him all the time. I always <laughs> want to be drinking coffee with him. I'd, I'd want to open a shop with him. We just, we just have this connection and we seem to enjoy similar coffees. And, uh, he's just a, a kind of a funny, funny guy. So he always drinks coffee from rocket coffee and Mm. they have a subscription. I'm pretty sure. And I, I might, I might jump on it. I got to look into the the details of of the cost, but uh, I got to try them this, this year. And uh, I really enjoyed everything that I had. Um, one of those being the 2014 auction lot of a Leon Carnival geisha from Las Merelda. Hmm. and that that coffee was. I'm still trying to figure out if it was the best geisha that I had this year. So that was awesome. Uh, Steadfast coffee. We've we've talked about them before too, but that what's interesting about Steadfast, and you you might agree, you might disagree. I've I actually think that they have a little bit more development to their coffee. They do, and. So I yeah. like it because it's this interesting it's like a have you ever gone so I go to Outback Steakhouse sometimes and they allow you to use the plus system. So I order a medium rare plus. uh uh-huh. Steak do you, do you do that plus system at all?
0: I I haven't. I didn't even know they did that, but right. I'm I'm going to try that now. But
1: <laughs> I don't know what all places do it, but that's kind of what it is to me. So it's not to the point where I'm like, okay, you know, I can I'm getting a little bit yeah. of roast with it. it it's it's got it. Just has a great development to their coffees, and I find them really complex and interesting as they cool. But I find them very drinkable as well, and and there hasn't been a coffee of theirs so far that I've been disappointed with. So uh, I find that I, f- I found them really great. And then the last one, just kind of as of recently, I was able to try Bow and Arrows from Canada. And I haven't had a, a lot of experience. Obviously, I got the, the the two flights of their coffee, so it was a three pack of Honduras coffees and a three pack of Nicaraguan coffees. But I was able to cup them with my friend Ryan from Novel Coffee, and one thing that he pointed out, but I was able to you know pick up on it too, was just that you could tell that all of the coffees, all six of the coffees, were just really well roasted coffees. So they there's a, there's a lot of great characteristics of the coffee showing through, and you know they didn't get in the way very much and so i am very much looking forward to trying more of their coffees in in from other regions and stuff too right than just nicaragua and honduras as we go forward i was just excited to find
0: a new roaster that had just a really great roast skill steadfast was definitely one of mine i've really enjoyed and i I totally everything you said about steadfast roast profile is is spot on i mean i i have never found it to be I've never found any of their coffees necessarily to be roasty, quote unquote, but I have found them to be more developed and still really delicious. their Their roast profile is definitely a little bit different than than some other places. But you know, honestly, I I feel like those are the coffees that I bring into work in in the office, and those are the ones that people really pick up and they're like, "These are amazing! I love these coffees." You know, if I throw a big roast bomb at my at my coworkers, they're going to be really. Unhappy about it, but those seem to be the ones that that they really do enjoy and and latch on to the really super super light roasted coffees Maybe not so much. Maybe they're not as as interested in them sometimes they'll categorize them as being sour or you know, too bright or or tart or whatever And their coffees I've found to be uh, Exceptional in in most of the the bags that I've gotten from them Another roaster that's on my list uh, that I was really excited to try this year was elm coffee roasters I've actually ended up with a lot of their bags because every every bag so far that I've ordered from them has been uh, really great right um and and I had uh, you know over Thanksgiving the day before Thanksgiving we had a ton of people over at our house and we we brewed up coffee for everybody and I just decided you know we're gonna make this an elm party so I bought a bunch of elm and uh, and actually one of my favorite coffees this year came, in the order that I, that I placed for that party. Not the Nine Swans, is it? <clears throat> no, it's actually the uh, Ethiopia Merhabawi Limu. Nice. I don't even know how to pronounce it. It totally had like, I mean, oddly, enough, it was like cotton candy, bubblegum sweetness. It was really wacky. So Steadfast Elm, um, if I had to give one that you didn't give... Phil and Sebastian, I had been meaning to order for a long time. I'd seen them all over the place. Got a chance to order a bunch of their coffees and even get brewed for me at one of their coffees when I was visiting Hopper and Burr um, over Memorial Day. And uh, they just have, a, I don't know, they've got skills to pay the bills. And if it wasn't for the, uh, the shipping down to the U.S., I'd probably be ordering from them a lot more than I do now.
1: You know what? I, I actually thought that, actually thought that I had them in 2014 and now that I'm looking at it I haven't. Mm. So so I would agree with you mm-hmm. on that. Everything that I've had from them this year has been spectacular. They're on my end of the year list um with at least one coffee. I'd have to I'd have to check, but Yeah.
0: I if I had to throw another roaster on there, I would definitely throw a novel on there. And I think three of their coffees have ended up on my uh top 100 list for right. for this year. We both will have our list, but let me go ahead and, and guess that the Adido is on there. <laughs> yeah, it's And it's let me definitely. go ahead and guess that the Karani... The Karani devil Is on there? Yep. Um, and I put the Chirangi on there. Okay. And I really enjoyed it as well. So the, they're the three that are on my list. Um, Did somewhere.
1: you have the Lyo... You did not have the Lyo Turaga? They're not, not from
0: them, no. Their
1: last crop? Okay. So I had
0: the last crop from Velton's, which is also on my list.
1: Yep. That their, one was amazing. Their Lyo Turaga was crazy too. But yeah. anyway, so I... Yeah, that would be another one with me too. I've I've found them to be great. I know they've got other stuff moving forward too, so I'm I'm excited what they're doing. And it's it's amazing that they're that they're close, and I get to you know hang out and yeah. you know do stuff alongside of them too while they're doing that.
0: Okay, so what about n- new products? Any any brew methods? Any new devices that you've been playing with tw- over 2015 that you've been enjoying?
1: You know, getting getting a new espresso grinder. Well, getting a espresso grinder. You know, yeah. before I was just grinding very fine on my encore and then i got a better uh brew grinder and i just used the on the encore for espresso and that was not good so yeah. getting a dedicated espresso grinder and then going you know overhauling and getting like a great espresso grinder was yeah. was
0: malconic aw- awesome. come on now yeah
1: so that's <laughs> that's been one of my favorite pieces of of
0: gear that would and, if you would have asked me that on january 1st 2015 that would have been my state. that would have been my Pick to when I ended up upping to a dedicated espresso grinder i it was just a game changer right being able to keep a coffee dialed in while still being able to brew uh filter coffee on a, on a separate grinder and knowing that both of them are high quality and reliable and it's just that's great i right. mean
1: um I would say a uh a dedicated really nice hand grinder Hmm. has been awesome you know because it's just been fantastic
0: which one which one have you been using
1: so in this to be honest you know i've i've been asked this a couple times and i personally i either need to check the calibration on um my lido or i just need to use it a little bit more because Hmm. i've i've done the the there's a There's lines that line up. And if I go one full rotation out, which is 16 notches, to me, it is unusable. Hmm. So I, but I find it weird that, that I could only, like, the widest setting I could do is just one rotation. Cause in, in a lot of readings, I'd talk to, I'd see people talk about, you know, two turns out or whatever. And maybe, maybe they're calibrated to even finer than where the two lines, you know, meet up. And I know that they're coming out with a newer version that's, got a wider range and I might I might look into that but truth be told the the felt grind the knock has mm. just been amazing I've taken that to every travel convention that I've gone to you know making coffee in the hotels and all different ranges of batches I've used it for cold brew I've used it for the dragon I've used it for cantans I've used it for itty bitty V60s I've used it for big you know what? Usually, what I brew when I'm traveling is on Kalita's, on right. uh, uh, tons of stuff, and it's it's just it's small, it's portable. You know, it's it's uh, the burrs. You know, get all the particles down into the chamber, and then you can knock it out. It's easy to clean. It's just been great.
0: Yeah, if I had to pick maybe two products that have just been a game changer for me, one of them has been my breville dual boiler espresso machine you know upgraded to that this year and you know my little dinky starbucks barista espresso machine that i that i had had forever and ever and ever just wasn't cutting it anymore and making the making the jump to a more reliable machine that had uh was easier to clean easier to maintain um has been pretty game-changing for 2015 for me and then the other one seems really simple and everybody has it and everybody talks about it. It's the, the PID controlled Bonavita gooseneck kettle. Yeah. I, I didn't have one uh, for the longest time. You know, I, I always used the just Hario, use the Hario, right? Hario kettle. Right. Or, uh, you know, I would pour maybe into the Monarch Monarch methods kettle, which I also still use frequently, but in, having the ability to uh, dial in a temperature and just have it stay there at that temperature is, is great. I, I love it. It's probably one of the purchases that I would recommend to somebody just getting started off the bat. Um, I, and I sort of wish I had one all along, but it's, uh, definitely been a real convenient, uh, thing to have, have e both in the office when I used to have one in the office and now even having one at home. So what about 2016? You got any resolutions? You got any goals, any coffee goals, hashtag coffee goals,
1: one of the things I wanted to try
0: and do for 2015 was to
1: go to only subscription. Oh, yeah. So I wanted to stick with roasters that I really aligned with mm-hmm. and just get because I knew they would deliver great coffee, right? Mm-hmm. And I would brew it and I wouldn't have to really think about it and I would get a nice range. Now, what I found out, still, I do like I do like exploring, but I. I do really like being in control of what I want to buy. Yeah. Um, and and then also, my my roasters, my kind of favorite roasters list has changed over this year. Sure. Um, a, a bunch, several variables, you know, included in that. So part of my hesitation with that, in this uh, for 2015, and still kind of my hesitation with it in 2016 is and I know I could probably stop at any time unless I did one of the six months at a time payments or whatever, Yeah, is just not knowing if something's going to switch again, right? And I'm going to not not love what I'm getting. Mm-hmm. So that's still a thought though about switching to, to something like that. I definitely know that I'm going to, I want to pick the site back up, which is Abandoned Coffee. It, some of you may have noticed that I changed my, Handle on Instagram <laughs> to abandon coffee just to kind of match up with that. I've been doing some pop ups and I've been talking with some people locally about I don't know anything that can come about with that. So I kind of wanted to to tie that in and I want to get back to writing a little bit. You know more about the same things that I write on my phone notepads, but getting it out in the getting it out somewhere else and just keeping it all organized somewhere so I don't just always have to go through my phone to find a history of that. Maybe talk about shops, maybe discuss further about like right now, if we have two roasters is Juan Pena Ecuador in right. And just explore the cupping of those two or the brewing of those two more. And any of those sorts of things just kind of feel out more. Like I said, this, the, the the website, the blog started kind of as an exploratory thing. And I, I very much just want it to continue because I'm still growing. I'm still learning. And I don't, I don't see any reason to, to stop doing that. Yeah. I also want I also want to read more about what the other people are are talking about and doing this year. Not Twitter rants while there's still information there, but I wanna stay more looped in on James Hoffman stuff and the coffee hustle mm-hmm. and kind of go back through some of the Rao uh writings and there's there's a lot of information out there. And if I ever did something in coffee beyond just brewing, I don't want it just to be the same as something else. I don't really want it to be a rehash. So what what would I be able to offer? So anyway, those
0: are some things. Those are great. You know, I'm definitely of the mindset right now that I have probably done as much documenting of coffee and brewing coffee and getting coffees in as I'm ever going to want to do. And I've developed a nice system to to make that all happen. So I, I feel like just keeping that going forward, you know, to 2016 would be something that's fairly easy, since I've kind of developed, you know, routines and stuff to to facilitate that. But you know, I, I we get a lot of requests on the show, on email or on Twitter or Instagram, uh, people asking about home roasting. And you know, to be honest, like 2015. I had intended to roast a lot more than I actually did at home. And I think the majority of my roasting happening happened earlier in the year when I didn't have as much coffees coming in because um, at that point I don't think I was buying for the office yet. So I probably roasted maybe half a dozen times in 2015. And you know I feel like I want to get back into that and, and start investigating that a little bit more. I know that's something that you had talked about as well at, at some point. You know, not necessarily being super familiar with it, but obviously, you know, it's it's very interesting to me, the the science and the craft of actually roasting coffee, um, especially at home, something that I definitely want to get back into. Aside from that, I, you know, I brew a large majority of my coffee on the Chemex because I brew it every day at work, right? I brew like six Chemexes every day at work, um, and I brew a lot of V60 01s and 02s. Um, aside from that, though, honestly, like 10% of my brewing happens on the Kalita or, you know, of whatever flavor the Gino, the Kalita 185, the 155. Um, but I don't really brew a whole lot on some of the other brew methods that I have. Um, so, one of the things that I think 2016 I would like to do maybe is be able to focus on a particular coffee more and brew it on a variety of different brew methods you know, more than I'm currently doing. Um, and maybe give my Aeropress press and my clever and maybe even a French press, Espro press, some kind of variety of a press. Yeah. You know, I saw spin. the Espro press at,
1: uh, Williams Sonoma the other day mm-hmm. and almost got one. I'm, I'm interested in that.
0: Yeah. I, you know, some, some other full immersion brew method. I, I just don't focus on full immersion as much as, uh, as I obviously pour over.
1: One of my goals for this year, well, for next year was to do competition but finances and just because of the situation of the competition i wasn't able to get into brewers cup for this coming year so that's sort of disappointing but yeah um and again we've talked about on the show but i i did an Aeropress competition uh eastern regional and that was really fun and i but i would and not that AeroPress specifically is, you know, my passion. Mm-hmm. I would like to do competition more because I am interested in that. And I'm interested in that approach from somebody who just kind of learned from him having conversations with other people and did a lot of experimenting at home and whatnot. I really like coming from that home brewer background. Yeah. And I I'd like to train more for that. I, I wish it was for, you know, what's coming up in February, but sure. That's another goal of mine is just to find whatever competitions I can get in, not, Latte art, not throwdowns, not that, but, you know, brewing yeah. specifically in whatever way. So I, I
0: hope to find more of those. So we're going to do this rapid fire here. We're not going to talk about details of each coffee. We're not going to talk about how mind blowing they were. But just list off three of your favorite coffees in 2015.
1: And it could be any of them.
0: Any of them. Go. Uh,
1: Danielson, Eoyoder,
0: what? Oh, Why would I pick a name? Why would I pick that name? Denilson from, Oidor? Yeah, from yeah. Colombia. Yeah. From who roasted? Supersonic. That's going to make me mad because that's not on my list. <laughs> and I totally needed to have that on my list. Now I'm going to have to go rework my list. <laughs> anyway, continue.
1: Um, again, another name I won't know. Uh, Sihi Sehe Burundi. It's from Kopi.
0: Oh, very fancy.
1: So, and then, um, geez, I don't really know what I want to go. I feel like I should go with something that I can't pronounce. Mm-hmm. So, well, yeah, Counterculture, they had a, I think a Kilimanjaro experimental lot from El Salvador. Now, I don't know if this is what they currently have, but uh, I, got a, I got to try this earlier in the year. Tim had sent me uh, a box of this, and it was a crazy coffee. So mm-hmm. that that was a really special one, too.
0: Okay. So my three, um, your three, Brian. What ready, would they be? Go the Biftu Gudina from.
1: Uh, which one? Which
0: one? <laughs> from everywhere. From everywhere. <laughs> from everywhere. Um, no, I, I'm gonna pick the Solberg and Hansen variety since it's I happy. had more of it than any any of the others. Um, Biftu Gudina from Solberg and Hansen. That's in Ethiopia. Um, I will also pick. Mm, Let's go with the La Esmeralda Mario Carnival from George Howell, okay It is a as a from Panama. It was delicious um and the last one I have to pick, oh man, yeah, I'm gonna pick the Gachatha AA from SuperSonic. okay, yeah,
1: I don't think I had their Gachatha.
0: Did you not? No, oh, I
1: didn't have it. I don't know if they still do, but I know Seth was talking about it too. I had oh, a lot of gachatha not from them. That
0: was so good.
1: So dang it! Now I'm uh, frustrated. <laughs> Why
0: didn't I do it? So the best part about this this discussion, though, is because you know we're going to publish our lists of our top coffees for 2015. So you can go read that at some point um, in the coming days or however long it takes us to actually get that stuff published. Um, but honestly, you know we've had a lot of coffees that maybe you haven't had, but I'm willing to bet that a lot of you guys out there have had coffees that Brian and I have not had. Um, So what would be awesome is if, uh, in response to this episode, you tell us what your favorite coffee of 2015 was or coffees. You know, if you have a, a few of them that you really enjoyed, um, we would absolutely be over the moon to hear about the coffees that you have loved. Um, this year specifically.
1: Yeah, and also there's a lot of good stuff from from this episode we'd love to hear back from you. So we'd like to hear if you had resolutions that you wanted or goals that you wanted to accomplish this year, if you have stuff that you're looking forward to next year, if you have topics that you're interested specifically in hearing about us, um, if you've had new roasters that you found out about this year, if there's been new products, any of those things that we said, your top surprises or expectations that were met or failed. Any of that stuff, you could email us, you could use the hashtag Talk, and that's our talk back that we use across social media platforms. So any of that stuff are things that we would love to interact with you all
0: about. Thank you guys, everybody, for all the support over 2015. We really, really look forward to 2016 and doing some really cool stuff, you know, in terms of this podcast, um, in terms of just coffee in general, if, if we can ever be um, help in answering any questions or or connecting you up with somebody who can answer your questions uh, please just reach out to us let us know uh, what we can do and uh, how we can continue making coffee awesome in 2016 anyway thanks everybody for listening um, you can find us on twitter at brew my own coffee you can find us on instagram at I brew my own coffee visit us on our website that's i brew uh, slash the episode number this is slash 31, episode 31. Check out the show notes, check out our lists, check out whatever you know we've got published on our site. Um, if you want to send us an email, uh, click the contact us link at the top of the page there. Go ahead and review us on iTunes if you'd love to do that. Uh, we'd appreciate that very much. Thanks again, everybody, and uh, Happy New Year. Happy 2016, guys.